Check, check. All right, we're going. We're here. We're queer. Get used to it. That's uh, been almost three no weeks. No theme? Uh, we we talk and then we get to the theme. Okay, you're right. Right. You, it's been so long, I've it. forgotten the, the process. Oh, we could do it old, old school. Old school. We could do it old school. Are you from fucking Philadelphia? Pittsburgh? Yeah. No. Pittsburgh's more like this. You go downtown, you go to Permanente Brothers, and you get a stupid flavorless sandwich well, actually, I with like, coleslaw I and, like and the fries on sandwiches. it. it is, it's good. It's okay. It's not the greatest thing as that they would have us believe. Right. We could do it old school mm-hmm. and start with a clip. Well, there was a guy that wanted me to shit in his mouth uh, and pee in it as well. I struggle with peeing, let alone doing the shit. So he said, would I prepare it beforehand? And could I make him a, a poo sandwich or a poo burger? Um, and then he'd eat it. And then I could, he could, if I could, was able to pee, he could wash it down. Hmm. Do it. Well, there was a guy that wanted. What the fuck it. is this? <laughs> what is that? It's an old lady. <laughs> yes, apparently, but it's a good kid. Oh, God. What a good kid. Fucking horrendous. Mm, for those that didn't listen to us in the beginning, we would always start off the show with a weird clip that, of something um, that uh, was weird or stupid or dumb, and that's uh, that's how it would start. And then Aaron would play the clip, and then I would have the theme song ready to go as soon as it ended, and then we'd laugh and laugh and laugh. That's how it went back then. Yeah, no longer. It was too hard to remember. We. We couldn't find opening clips. It got too hard. <laughs> it really We'd did. already, we were finding clips to play on our show before people like Tom Segura were finding them. We were beating them. They swagger jacked to us. these weird clips. Yeah. Well, they. I got the idea from them to start off with a weird clip. Oh, yeah. But we were beating them because we were scouring Reddit and everywhere for fucking weird, fucked up shit. Me and Aaron, and we were in like three weeks later. It'd be on Segura's show. Let's be honest though, with Aaron around, how much scouring do you actually have to do? He's always scouring. That's what he does. He's always looking for the weirdest thing. Why does he do? He that? sent me that. It's fucking weird. Episode four fourteen. He wanted me shit in his mouth. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> Make a poo burger or a poo hot dog. And he, if I could pay, and I could pay, he could wash it down. Delightful. God, the fact that she's Australian is he makes it even. More it makes creepy. it worse. Yeah, it makes it worse. It's not a fun accent. It's not, it's, it's it, a fun. It's accent. a drunken British accent. That, that's, that's actually proven. That's proven. Yeah. That's what it is. Because right. they were just hammered all the time. A bunch of prisoners. I mean, if I had to go to Australia, I'd be hammered too. The place is a goddamn fucking seventh level of hell. There's so I think so, I think some ridiculous percentage of the most deadly animals are in Australia it's, or around its coasts. Let's think of this. Yes. Okay. Let's. My absolute terror of sharks. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm imagining I'm one of these fucking limey prisoners or more likely Irish and Scots, mm-hmm. and they just got thrown in because There's they- a lot were, of red-headed people. Sure. So um, they just got thrown onto the boats. And, you know, these- They're like, uh, oh, free trip. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, free trip. Come on. <laughs> Where are we going? I don't think you want to know. You'll All right. Have, you'll have a great time. <laughs> but- um, no, Can but, I bring me mom? <laughs> <laughs> sure, she's a- Fucking slavering Irish dog like you. Um, these sh- and the and the and uh, 
boat travel at that time was notoriously violent and difficult. Yeah. Can you imagine? And also, sharks can learn. So, can you imagine, evidenced by the fact that with the slave ships, when they would throw, you know, dead, mm-hmm. dead slaves who couldn't make the crossing out from Africa, the sharks would, legit, would, would legitimately tail the boats and wait for it. Because they're not... They're not unintelligent. They're just got that really base. They have fish intelligence. Yeah, they're like learned behaviors. Yeah, you know they can't really anticipate. They're not going to make cell phones anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, they're, that's not mammalian. It's just yeah. that it's more it's more reptilian. But anyway, can you imagine the absolute terror of not going down with a boat off the coast of like America, where there's you know some especially around the Carolinas, some, you know, noticeable shark activity, but going down around the Great Barrier Reef where there's all these gigantic fucking great white sharks just waiting for you. And then when you get on the, on the land, there's a kangaroo that wants to kick your ass. Well, no, it's reason. not just the kangaroos. It's like you got the fucking, the Bushmaster, the King Brown, all these other fucking the snakes, the spiders. Yeah, that's what I'm people. saying. Yeah. Well, the Aborigines who, who you weren't, they weren't welcoming you. You're an invading, but you're, you're a bunch of drunken, fucking maggot white people you know what i mean they're they're not wanting you to come to their place they're not stoked about it no definitely not and they and even though they were see i think that's the this whole thing this whole week has been examining the differences between people sparked by one thing we and you know what i'm gonna say it is the whole cleopatra thing on netflix you know the people making that movie of making Cleopatra and all the people of, of Egypt black it seems to me like they're the queens of denial. Yeah. This guy, zing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I worked that out at the comedy. You needed a horn. <laughs> no, okay. Let's address this whole thing, and then we can uh, just because it it really opens up some nice discussion. Is this a is this an umbrage taker? No, no, I'm not that upset about it. I'm, I'm, I'm more. I don't like the fact that sometimes with these things, when you're just when you are just like say as myself. I mean, I went to college to study Greece and Rome, mm-hmm. and one of the major events that set up the rise of Cleopatra, and not even the rise. She just, she was just this last one in power. It's not like she was even that great. She really wasn't. Yeah. I mean, she was just the last one. I think it might've just been because she was a chicken power. Well, no. And it's, and the only reason she really got that much clout is because she was a lover of both Julius Caesar and Mark Anthony. So, or Anthony, whatever. And that was just, I love most. <laughs> Let the rhythm take you. That is Mark They Anthony, need to right? cast him. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but Mark Anthony, I think that was Ricky Martin. <laughs> Problem doesn't matter. No, it could have been Iglesias, Enrique Iglesias too. Uh, sure. There was a, they had a moment there in the late <laughs> they 90s, really early did. aughts, right? Like ninety eight. <clears> this is going to be a thing, and then it we're really going to do. We're going to do Latin music. You're going to have to deal with it. Shakira. Um, she was great. She really was. I liked her a lot. I liked the way she sings. I like the way she looks better. She still looks tremendous. It's oh, she, I'm, I'm quite sure she does. I think those people. Um, those people, the nice, the Latin people, Latinx, the Latinx people, they love it. They love the Latinx thing where you, uh, yeah, they about. absolutely they, they do not. So they much. absolutely despise it. No, they love it. I think they, <laughs> I think they just age very well up um, until like, but 60. she's also extremely part, rich and no, she's partly Arab. Oh, she, oh, that the belly dancing. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's. I think she's a uh, multi- multicultural. I can't, I can't maybe uh, Arab Emirates or uh, I can't remember which one. Maybe anyway, it doesn't matter. Anywho, Cleopatra. They're okay. making a movie. Here's the thing. Tell me about this. the reason it's such a massive, and it's something so small. It's something so simple. It's not the fact that a black actress was cast as Cleopatra. That's not what it is. It's not the fact that the entire cast is going to be black. Right, the, all the Egyptians, or make all the Egyptians black. That's a, that's a see. It is well known because the ancient Egyptians still live in Egypt. They still speak the same language. A lot of them still worship the old gods. You know, they held on to their culture because they know that they're a, a the basically the the cradle of civilization. They didn't take the seven. No, they took the old gods. Um, no, but and of course, there's a lot of uh, Islam and stuff there, mm-hmm. I mean, even some Christianity. I mean, it's just a, it's a very cosmopolitan type place, you know. It's America with brown people, essentially. Um, it, it, for the for the uh, Muslim states, it's actually very forward thinking. Um, they fought against Israel, but I think it was at like a last minute thing. They didn't really want to, and then they were trying to work it out as opposed to just being belligerent with them, you know, which a lot of the, let's just be honest, a lot of the the Muslim states were just belligerent with Israel. So there's that whole fucking MacGuffin. But I don't even know that's a proper fucking thing. MacGuffin is like a thing they use in a movie to to push the plot forward. Like okay, the, 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 the MCU was filled with MacGuffins. Yes, it's MacGuffin City. It's MacGuffin so Central. Many, <laughs> there's so there's so many MacGuffins. A million only, MacGuffins. It's so many MacGuffins. Millions you, of MacGuffins. You got you got the uh, millions of MacGuffins. <laughs> yeah. You got the uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Then you got all the stones. That Which go really doesn't make any sense. It's, it's I love it, but it doesn't make any tremendous, sense. Tremendous, but, but like but when you got people like Josh Brolin. And people like that. Speaking of, that's that's another thing. I'm gonna have to. There's so much good shit I did this week. So much MacGuffin. Is so many older M-A- things that I watched, but but took more from it. Uh, M C G U F F I N MacGuffin. Um, I think that's it. Maybe we won't want to look that. Up. But anyway, it's the fact that they had to, and I'm talking about the producers, including the wildly narcissistic Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, she sucks so bad. She's such a terrible fucking human being. But I mean, uh, Will Smith is such a nice man, and M-A. and she's just she destroyed him on national it's Scottish, TV. Matt Guffin. Okay, <laughs> but she just destroyed him on national TV, and it's like she, she sucks. She's just no good. Um, she her of her many crumbs, not just like the, I felt really bad for him. The look over to Will Smith. To yes, that was awful as well. It was like. Um, a few years ago, she drug him on her Facebook. That's TV exactly show. what I'm talking about. Yeah, like and hit him with that. Hit him with all this. How she's bang, she's banging her son's friend. Like, and he had to sit he's there. He's still and a eat man. It. He's a man, right? He had to sit you know? there and eat it. And I'm sitting there thinking, my God, man. You know, and the thing about it was, here's the worst part about it was, I was a massive Jada Pinkett fan. Like, I remember her in Menace to Society. I thought she's she was absolutely gorgeous. I thought she was a great actress, all this stuff. And I was a fan of her coming up. I'm like, um, well, she's in it. I might see it because she's really tremendous. And then she just proved herself to be such a massive piece of shit. But anyway, um, they had the audacity to not only... To not make a stylized version of a story about Egypt, which would have been really cool. They could, like I said earlier, like how they, Boz Lerman did, um, um, fucking, uh, Romeo and Juliet. Right. But more pointedly, how he did Elvis. That, that movie is awesome. It's fucking bright and colorful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a Boz Lerman fucking movie. It looks right. like a music video right. for Is that two the hours. one with Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio? The, the, 
Romeo and Juliet is, but the Elvis one that he did last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he directed that. He that movie's. I mean, he's a, he's awesome. a definitely guy about color. He likes color. Yeah, he's fucking so, great. Um, they could do something like that and and call it a movie. Right, just but they're calling this a a documentary. documentary. That's and not. Cool. It is not. And I'll tell you why. I had to after this discussion. I worked with this uh, with a girl um, at Cracker Barrel, and she we were friends. Um, she was uh, a young black woman, and she had heard this. And even then, the internet was in its infancy, but it was still able to to pump out misinformation. She was saying that um, well, they depict. Uh, Cleopatra is as as white and she was black and I was like and I had to stop her I said um no and here's why and then I had to break down the whole thing Alexander the Great conquered the known world by the time he was 25 yes he did he also died briefly after that so then after that he said the worst thing you can say to a group of Macedonian generals who are all alpha males in the fucking can I guess room. what it is the biggest dogs <laughs> Go ahead. can I guess what he said let them eat cake <laughs> Can I have one? That was more another guess? empty-headed, fucking vapid person. Go ahead. Another guess. <clears throat> um, I can see your house from here. <laughs> <laughs> For the path of the righteous man is bestowed. <laughs> Why does my belly tickle? Because uh, <laughs> I'm right now. And I can see. I love the. I can see your house from here. <laughs> Aaron told me the Jesus joke. That's <laughs> why I said it. Um, it has nothing to do with the joke. With the with the, it's completely out of context, but it's still hilarious. Um, and uh, after that, he said, like some one of, one of his generals asked him, "Well, who takes over? Who takes over the empire?" And right before he died, he said, "The strongest." And then he died. So you had this group of men eyeing each other up, each with legions at their back. Bunch of Dothraki. Essentially, but, you know, also Greek, and let's just be honest with the Greek culture. Very combative. Yeah. Um, so, um, Very oily. Very oily people. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. I think they're fair game. <laughs> are they? I think they are. I don't know. We'll find Apparently out. they are, because you can just swipe their culture from yeah, them. Yeah. So, um, this is... Uh, <laughs> no, but... Bunch of diner monkeys. What? <laughs> Feta fools. <laughs> God, we're going to hell. Anyway, anywho, um, it, there there was a thing. A war started between the people who became known as the Diadochi. They were the the successors, and it they broke the empire into. The, the victors, because there were lots of them, broke his empire into different quadrants. One of those quadrants was Egypt, and a guy named Ptolemy the One-Eyed. That's such a George R. R. Martin. Dude, it, I'm telling you, the, how, George, I mean, fucking Alexander the Great's whole story is George R. R. Martin. It is fucking mythic. So fucking mythic. His father was this great man, Philip II, who built the army, and then Alexander took it out at such a young age. And Wasn't he was, Alexander the Great plucked... Like uh, raised to rule from birth. Well, the Macedonians like, were a very. Um, I studied Macedonia. I read lots of things about Alexander. This is one of the reasons why this incensed me so much, because I'm sitting here thinking you're flying in the face of all the things I studied, and you're cheaping it because you just don't want you want something to be true that's not true. It has nothing to do with done it. DNA. It, it well, it has nothing to do with ethnicity. It has everything to do with just fact, history. Right. I'm, I'm a. I hold history sacred because history is important. Not because it, it's it, it becomes a truncheon to which you beat people you don't like. 
And I'm not saying they're doing that here, but it can easily turn into that. So Ptolemy the one I take took over Egypt installed his line as Egyptians, as the pharaohs, right? Well, as the Greeks were, they were very confident in their culture, let's say. I would say overly confident, but they did not want to mingle with what they considered people of lesser blood. The Greeks, the Greeks thought that way. The Macedonian Greeks were like the regular Greeks on steroids because they were like this northern kingdom. They actually had a bit of a, uh, you know, a, a, an inferiority chip on their shoulder because a lot of people considered them provincial and they weren't actually. So they were like, a barbarian group who just kind of like start were the Hellen- were Hellenistic Greeks hmm. who were they spoke Greek but they weren't necessarily from the from the uh, what's known as the uh, they're Appalachians. Well. Actually, they have a lot of in common. They come from a very rugged land that is mountainous. They're actually very they're provincial. Um, they they weren't from the Peloponnese. The Peloponnese is is the did they drink Mountain Dew? No, they drank wine, but it was so thick that was a test of yeah. that was a test of their manhood to drink wine unwatered. They think that that's a lot of things, and it's like when they did, when you condense it down, it's like almost like jelly. So you're Damn. drinking that massively. Intoxicating fucking drink And a test of your manhood Is to drink that without water And fucking Alexander the Great did that Probably psychedelic It Well they would Alexander would go into blind drunken rages He actually killed his best friend This guy named his best friend called Cletus the Black He killed him Also Out, out of No he that wasn't guy, That guy could have been on the wall Absolutely. See, that's what I'm saying it's, it's, it's so Game of Thrones George, uh, George R. R. Martin has read all these things Alexander Well there was a direct reference to Alexander In fucking Game of Thrones uh, Cer- Cersei was talking was in, was thinking about Jamie or maybe it was Tyrion. It was Tyrion, and well, I've got a lot to say. Or, or it might have been Cersei, and she was thinking or he was thinking. Dance that, with Dragons is the best book so far. Yeah, it's great. And how far are you in? More than half, and I'm slowing down because I don't want it to end. It fucking Essos is fucking the shit, dude. It's all the shit. Like, <clears throat> um, th- this is going to be a banger of a show. This is so. a complete derail. No, go ahead, Brand. Does his first green seeing moment with uh, the three eyed raven? Yeah, that's um, and he's in Win. He goes to Winterfell and he, he that's sees Blood Raven. He sees uh, yeah, it's uh, Brendan Rivers. Mm-hmm. He sees everything that happens in Winterfell mm-hmm. by the pool, by the uh, not the pool, but like the little pond there. Yeah, like first he sees his dad, then he sees his dad and brother when they're young playing. Mm-hmm. Then he keeps going back and he sees a, an extremely tall knight kissing a young maiden. That's Sir Duncan the Tall and Old Nan. It is. Holy fuck. I can't believe I missed that. Sir one. Duncan the Tall is D- uh, direct is a direct ancestor to, to Hodor. God, that's so fucking awesome. That's why Hodor's so heroic. I actually had read that somewhere and Hodor-roic. completely forgotten it. Hodor heroic. Damn it. Got me. Um anywho. Sorry about that. No, I was just saying this. We'll talk a lot about that. No, that's a that's a that's a worthy a massive we can discuss an entire show on that. But um, and after that happened, the Ptolemies were not going to intermarry with any of the native Egyptians, much less somebody who's from a completely different culture. My geometry teacher in high school, was, her last name was Ptolemy. With a P? Mm-hmm. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Was she Greek? I'm guessing. At some point she was. <laughs> um, so that happened. She got me cheating once. Got mad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're, so that you're, you're not a good teacher. So Then Egypt became a satellite state of Rome, as everybody pretty much did. By that time, 
And another reason why I know she wasn't the ethnicity they want to portray her as, because the Romans, and it is a, a documented fact, are notoriously racist. They divided people into different groups and considered them of... Now, the Roman was the most... and they, But they were racist in a kind of a more pure way. They considered the Roman the most, of course... The mo- the ideal person, mm-hmm. a person of uh, tan complexion, you know. But they weren't like eradicators of other races. No, but they just considered other races you beneath them. Over there. They didn't like the Thracians. They all said the Thracians were dogs. Well, the Thracians were Celts. And the reason they didn't like the Thracians is because the, Rac- the Thracians were pale and redheaded and things like that. And and the, they used to call the, the Celts and the Germanic peoples the yellow-haired peoples because they were like these massive gigantic warrior guys and they were just they were terrifying you know guys they have on your side yeah as a matter of fact a lot of them end up fighting within the roman empire within the roman armies um and actually became commanders in their armies but anyway so therefore that's even more evidence pointing to the fact that she would not have been of african extraction of sub-saharan african extraction of course the egyptians are african but they are not sub-saharan african that's a different matter altogether Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of debate a lot of in my opinion pointless debate because there's mountains of evidence pointing to the fact that they are not the same as the sub-saharan africans it is real and the worst part about it is you cannot stand on the evidence because then you were immediately demonized and I don't like that. I don't like the fact that I have to make common cause with some piece of shit racist that I don't like. You know, they want it. They're Eurocentric. They want her to not be black because they think black people are inferior. That's fucking dumb. It's not that you want her not to be black. You it's just, just know that, she that's what it was. Yeah. So, you know, and that's I hate people think Shakespeare was black, too. And I'm just like, no, that that's another one of those things. There's this whole movement of it's an Afrocentric, but it's a, it's a somewhat black supremacist movement. That has started to there's, grow. There's a drummer that goes around telling people that he overdubbed all the drums on the Beatles records. And I just know it's not true. Right. I mean, and, and it's, I just, I, I, history is important. And it, but people will say, well, who cares? I mean, how would you feel if you were either Egyptian or Greek and your culture was just yanked from you by a bunch of people who obviously didn't know what they were talking about? I mean, I don't think those people are even being considered in this whole thing. They are getting so overshouted. By, too busy making euros. By two groups of racist people who don't like each other. Here's the way I imagine it. You've got a room. You've got a disgusting racist group over here and you got a disgusting rapist group over here. And then in the center, you've got people who are knowledgeable, who studied it and know these things and they have to look over and they have to say to this group of people, I don't fucking like you, but I'm going to have to make com- not even common cause. I'm going to have to make the distasteful fucking thing of agreeing with you on something because that's what the facts are. You know, even though a lot of the white supremacists won't even, they don't even want to acknowledge that the Egyptians were not European. Oh, yeah. So that they're disgusting in their own way. But then you have, you know, and by the way, there are all different kinds of people who form the center group. Lots of African historians, lots of, you know, learned people from every walk of life, you know, and every ethnicity and all this stuff. And they're all make common cause with the fact that that's not what it is. That's not true. And, then you have the racist, the disgusting races on the other side of the room, and they try to, you know, demonize everyone who who speaks out about this, even the people who they somewhat they know are reasonable. You know, they know they're not making common cause with those f- disgusting people over here, and you just can't. And and that's what makes it such a headache is that you can't even state fact. So, you know. I just it, it it incenses me as a as a historian as somebody who has studied this and I I was deep into 
uh, Greek and Roman history. I, you know, mm-hmm. studying, you know, uh, was a fan of Alexander and, and had actually started a book about the Diodaki. It's actually reunited uh, a passion of mine to to read the rest of the story about. I mean, because I have a working knowledge of what happened, but I don't I don't know all the broad all the even the most broad strokes. Because when Alexander died, I kind of lost interest in the story. He's such a dynamic personality, you know, a guy who conquered into fucking India. You know, that's you're talking about clash of cultures. Holy shit. You know, two groups of people who look nothing alike, even though to this day, there's a crazy thing. There are people because some of the some of the uh, his men and the generals would peel off and like settle places. There's a group of people in India to this day that are white skinned with like blue eyes and blonde hair and stuff like that, who are direct descendants of the Macedonians huh. and retain their own culture and make it take and do it with great pains. You're like, this is what we're descended from. We're just proud to be descended from that. I don't want to look that up. Yeah. It's really, it's actually really cool stuff. Um, there's actually a group of Celts that were in China. Um, and I think they tried to retain some of their culture. Um, I love the interplay of peoples. I think that we're all fascinating in so many different ways. And I just think you have so many disgusting groups of people who try to gain supremacy over other people by manipulating history. And I think when we just let history stand as it is, it's more than interesting enough and broad enough for everyone. Every group of people has done great things. Every group of people has done awful things. So why don't we stop bickering and just saying, hey, like I did when I was younger, fascinated by all these cultures, the Maasai in Africa. I was lion hunters. What's not to be fascinated? That's by? an insane thing to hunt. It's, well, and it, it's a your rite of passage to become a man is to go out and kill a fucking male lion. I mean, who's braver? So I was just like, that's awesome. I would. I love your culture. I'm so fascinated by it. Well, let me read about it and find out about it. I don't want to find a way to read the the literature and then find a way how my culture is better than theirs. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people do. Yeah. Because they feel so fucking threatened and emasculated by another culture. It's dumb. The whole thing's dumb. So I think that's what we've got here is that we've got a movement that is akin to that. Maybe not completely, but it's at least got a kernel of it there. There's it's got a pube in there. And, and then, you know, and that's and that's what it's boiled down to. And um and I don't like Jada Pinkett. I just don't. So um You wanna watch the trailer for this this uh movie, I guess? I've seen it. I've not. Go ahead. It's well shot. It's beautiful. Well, it's that's one of the worst parts about it is it looks really nice. It's a documentary. It would have been a really... You can't call it a documentary series. That's what I'm saying. It would have been With really cool. Paralleled power as warriors. That's not true either. She was not a warrior. Nations. Uh, was none among them more I think Rome, the show Rome, mm-hmm. depicted her as a drunk. And a hoe. It's very likely. Die for Egypt. What would you die for? I am Isis. I am a god. As long as she's alive, she is the pharaoh. My father's will names me co-ruler of Egypt. Julius Caesar is aware that Cleopatra is one of the best educated women in the Mediterranean. He wants to be king to Cleopatra's queen. There is no future without the past. She was using these relationships with Mark Antony to protect herself and her country. There is no Rome without Egypt. That's an absolute absurdity. Was that statement was an absolute absurdity. I guess you could say the people that are making this are queens of denial. Did what I had to do to protect. It's in the want. way that you <laughs> use it. <laughs> 
Cleopatra was a Ptolemaic ruler, the very first Ptolemy. Did you hear that? General of Ptolemaic ruler. It's possible that she was an Egyptian. I imagine her to have curly hair like me. That I imagine her. Color. No I proof. Remember my grandmother saying to me, "I don't care what they tell you in school. Cleopatra was black." No proof of that. She has become an. Your grandmother is not proof. Oh God. Yeah. Queen of Kings. Her story resonates. And she seems, the worst part about it is, everyone. she looks like a tremendous actor. Oh, I'm sure she's great. She's investing all this power and, and, and charisma into this. Had they just made it a stylized story about Cleopatra, I would have been so fucking on board. You know, been like, this looks so fucking cool. You know, a clash between cultures, Rome, and then a... You know, uh, uh, an Egypt where the people were sub-Saharan African. The worst part about it is, here's the worst part about it, and th- this was uh, brought up by um, an African historian. He said, the people who are making this obviously do not even know about all the fascinating cultures in sub-Saharan Africa that are ama- that are beautiful and powerful and have all this amazing history and all these. The, the richest man in the history of the world was a black man, Mansa mm-hmm. Musa, mm-hmm. and he was Intensely fascinating. Make something about that, you know. The and the, even worse, the twenty fifth dynasty of because Egypt passed between so many rulers. The twenty fifth dynasty were Nubians. They were the people of Kush. So yes, they were black skinned, and there's evidence to that fact. It's just it's such a fight over something, and I, you know, and I f- I do feel bad for the Egyptians and the Greeks because. You know they have direct proof, and they're just being, I mean, they're being ridden over roughshod. You know, mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter what you think; it doesn't matter what your culture is. You know, so it, it's a thing. Um, it is a thing. Um, <clears throat> will you watch this? I want to see it. I'm curious to see. And 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 the worst part about it is, I want it to be good, but it's going to make me mad if it's really good because it's going to be like this could have been something that would really have blown up and been a good thing had you just had the fucking humility to say it's not a documentary it is a story that you're trying to tell mm-hmm. there's all kinds of theoretical histories and and so many of them are great ideas but you you can't pass off uh pseudoscience and theoretical his, theoretical history as fact you just can't do that it's not the way it works yep um i'll probably Check it out because I I watch a lot of those documentary series that they put out. Um, usually they don't have like reenactments. Mm-hmm. Usually it's just here's a documentary. But this usually they're also not about things that happened a thousand years ago sure. or however long it was. I don't even know what the I, I do know that the time of Cleopatra was closer to yes, to the uh, iPhone than it was to, to iPhone than it is to ancient Egypt. Yeah. I mean that's <laughs> ancient Egypt is a fascinating place, not least because there are so many ways that people are now trying to cope with the fact that these ancient peoples knew what they were doing. And and there's racism involved in that too. You know, you've got the disgusting people on this side of the issue saying, well, if they were black they couldn't have done the things they'd done. That's utterly fucking absurd. That's an absurd statement. You know, see what I'm saying? See why there's so much very stupid so much shit involved with this and, and why there's so much at stake with just trying to tell it how it is is because you're giving either group of disgusting people, the racist on the fringes, ammunition to attack each other. And that drag and they drag the rest of just nice in the middle people into it. So yeah. um on a lighter note, Adam uh, Bryant sent me a poem. 
I'm not sure if he did the AI for it. Or it's not a poem, it's a story. I'm not sure if he gave the AI the prompt, but the prompt is write a story about Duncan Egg playing disc golf. Okay. And the AI wrote, Duncan Egg were two of the best disc golf players in the Seven Kingdoms. They had traveled far and wide, competing in tournaments and winning accolades wherever they went. One day they found themselves in a small village nestled in the foothills of the Red Mountains. The locals had never heard of disc golf, but Duncan Egg were determined to show them how it was done. They set up a makeshift course in the village square using baskets made from old barrels and frisbees they had brought with them. How did they have frisbees? I don't know. Um, the villagers gathered around, curious to see what these two strangers were up to. Dunk went first, launching his frisbee with a mighty throw that sailed over the rooftops and landed perfectly in the first basket. Motherfucker aced on the first throw. This That's, is actually pretty good. Uh, the villagers, it's actually scary because it's so <laughs> The villagers gasped in amazement, and Egg grinned, knowing that he had his work cut out for him. Um, but Egg was no slouch. He took his time sizing up the shot and calculating the wind, speed, and direction. Then he launched his frisbee with a flick of the wrist. Egg's a forehand guy. Gotcha. Yeah. With the All the Targaryens are forehand oh, guys. Oh, yeah, they're forehand guys. I mean, Viserys smacked his sister with a forehand. Sure did. <laughs> and with the flick of the wrist, and it soared through the air like a bird of prey, landing just inches from the basket. The villagers cheered, and Duncan Egg grinned at each other, knowing that they had found a new audience for their favorite sport. They spent the rest of the day playing disc golf with the locals, teaching them the rules and showing them how to make a perfect shot. As the sun began to set, Duncan Egg packed up their frisbees and said their goodbyes. The villagers thanked them for introducing them to the sport of disc golf, and Duncan Egg promised to come back and play with them again someday. And so Duncan Egg continued on their journey. I think they were probably on their way to Winterfell just after they left that last place. Right. Um, after the uh, first uh, black or second Blackfire Rebellion, I think. I can't wait for that. Wasn't that the... In the third Duncan Egg book, wasn't yes, that? Yes, it was the, like the it's second, in, uh, the mystery night. Second or third Blackfire Rebellion just happened. There. I think it's the third. It's the last one because the last one. Well, no, it'd be the second because the third one was put down by uh, Sir Barrison killed the last yeah. Blackfire. Yeah, Malus the monster. I hope they make. They make. Uh, oh, it's unavoidable. He'll be in it. Like a series about the Blackfire Rebellion. Well, I, no, I, I'm, I thought you were talking about Sir Barrison. He's going to be cast. In, he needs in, his own. In, in the Adventures of Duncan Egg. Like I said, Westeros Captain America. Yeah. I mean, he's just fucking, my, might be my favorite character. Have you, have you gotten to any parts with Sir Barrison yet in that book? Yeah. Isn't he uh, just the fucking greatest? Um, right now, he is uh, Daenerys's like, right-hand man. Duke, right. Uh, uh, Jorah's been cast out. He's mm-hmm. kidnapped Tyrion. Yep. Um. Man, doesn't I, I? I had no. I've met John Connington and Young Griff. He is definitely a Targaryen. I don't know about that. It seems as though he is. There is a th- a thing that kept on getting said throughout the books. Beware the Mummer's Dragon. Yeah. Or the because that could mean though. See, it could be a double meaning. Classic George R. R. Martin. It could mean that it's a fake dragon, or it could be the Mummer being. Fucking uh, Varys yeah. and Illyrio Mepatis, who is also a Targaryen, by the way, who is in one of the Blackfires. I will fucking bet you dollars to goddamn donuts. He is one of the fucking. He is one of the descendants of uh, of uh, Bitter Steels. The people who came with Bitter Steel. He might even be a direct descendant of Bitter Steel. So, or he might be a, a descendant of one of the Targaryen daughters who went across the sea. The one of them became a you know. Illyrium prostitute is a wealthy magister from the free city of Pentos who deals in spices, gemstones, dragon run cheese. And he's massively fat. At one point, he was a bravo. Oh yeah, and he's 
they have him depicted with uh, golden hair here. In the show, he was a big fat guy with uh, black brown hair. hair. Black brown. Yeah. A lot of people seem to think he is a potential Targaryen. I'm telling you, man, I knew my shit. I was, I was, I've, I've fallen off my game because I've gotten into other things. But at one point, I was almost obsessed with it. Like, I knew early on who John was. I knew it. I mean, I was just like. They make it obvious that he's not, Ned is too good of a guy to, to bang. Exactly. It's not his wife. But he was so sensitive about it that you gave enough doubt. You're like, well, maybe Ned could. He's only human. So let's discuss that for a second. Then we'll discuss other properties. Ned is only in the first book and he's the most important person in the, in the entire thing. Ned represents, he is the linchpin between the old world and the new world. As yeah. in, he was a, he was the last bastion, him and Sir Barrison, him and Sir Barrison's, well, but Sir Barrison is a linchpin from another age. He's an a, he's, he's of the age when the Targaryens finally fell, you know, when they were, when they went, but when they had potential, you know, he was allowed, he was probably, I don't know if he was alive when, uh, Baylor Breakspear got killed, but he, he, if he was, he was very young. Yeah, he'd been a child. Yeah, just a probably swaddling clothes child, you know. So, but he was, you know, old enough to have, you know, Dun- Duncan the Tall knighted him. Mm-hmm. So, or was it Duncan the Small? Look that up real quick. I can't remember what it was. Because uh, Duncan the Small is also known as the Dragonfly Knight. Because he was so small, you know, that they used to joke that he's not a dragon, he's a dragonfly, you know. But he was actually a good knight. I really think it was Duncan the Tall. Let me see here. King Aegon the Fifth Targaryen knighted in his sixteenth year by King Aegon the Fifth, which is that's Egg. Aegon the Unlikely. That's Egg. Yeah, after performing great feats of prowess as a Fuck, mystery knight I'm in the really winter tourney at game. King's Landing, defeating Prince Duncan the Small and Sir Duncan the Tall. That's where I got Lord it. Commander right. of the King's Guard. So probably Dunk. Uh, said you need to knight this guy because he's a bad motherfucker. Well, they loved him so much. He's called Barristan the Bold because he entered the list when he was 10. Look at that depiction of him. I don't know if I like that. Uh, what about that one? Uh, that one's closer. I just I imagine him with his hair very short yeah, and kempt. You know? um, actually, the guy who played him on the show like is tremendous. He's good. He just got sold. And, and the worst part about it is he was mad that that happened. Yeah, because he knew he knew what's up. Yeah, Sir Barristan should still be alive. Sir Barristan, you haven't got to the part where he fights uh, Kraz yet. Mm, you talk about fucking no. beautiful. Which one's Kraz? Kraz is one of the fucking gladiators. He's the one with the filed teeth and the oh, ridge okay. of black hair, ridge of red hair down his down his back. He's terrifying. He he wields a, a fucking arrack. I mean, a giant arrack. You know, he's. Um, is that uh, which tribe is he from? He's not from a tribe. He's a gladiator. So he's just a guy. He's in the fighting up. pits of Astapor. Okay, they haven't reopened. No, the fighting in Mirene. Pits. It's a Mirene. They're getting ready to reopen mm-hmm. the pits um, where I am. She's getting all the gladiators. Sent the coolest names ever. Uh, God damn it! The spotted cat. Um, I can't believe I'm really losing it, man. I, I just haven't. Um, You're so mad about Cleopatra. No, I'm not. I'm mad of the situation we're in with it. I'm not mad about it. You see what I'm saying, right? Yes. I mean, I, I don't think that I've made any points that were bad. I, I, I really feel like I'm on the right side of this. You know, that I don't know, man. Because I'm always willing to see the other the other side of any issue. So if anybody tries to make a, an argument, I'll listen to it, you know. But I don't know. It just seems not the right thing to do. Mm, I'm trying to find the passage 
where Bran does his first green seeing. So we can, uh, amongst the flash visions, Bran has Gorgo the giant is one of the, uh, is one of the, uh, Um, hold on. There's one white haired woman killing a captive in front of Winterfell's heart tree with a bronze sickle. Bran can taste blood when the captive has his throat slashed. There's one with a pregnant woman emerging naked from the black pool at Winterfell's Godswood, kneeling in front of the heart tree and begging the old gods for a son who would avenge her. There's a brown-haired girl slender as a spear who stood on the tips of her toes to kiss the lips of a young knight as tall as Hodor. That's definitely dunk in the tall. Okay, let me see if I can find the... Races, the people who fight in the bearded pits are Giscari, Dothraki, Ironborn, oddly enough, hmm. uh, Andal, Westerosi, Cahoric, and Lysine. Um, fuck, they're not going to... They're not going to give the uh, the names of the... Let me try, just try, try typing in one of them. The... Sp- the spotted cat. Let's give me a give me a music club somewhere. Uh, Holy shit! I think Ric Flair is on Joe Rogan. What? It'll probably yeah. There he is in the lobby. He's going to be on Joe Rogan tomorrow. Oh shit! That's amazing. Hold on. Hopefully he's in full flare mode too. Hopefully Rogan gets him hammered. Let's see, Gorgo the Giant. Gorgo the Unlimited. That's a fun nickname. God damn it's it. I can't nickname. find anyway, I can't this find This makes for good radio though. <laughs> yeah, all the silence makes for the I'm best. I'm scrolling through Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying all the, the gladiators had such cool names. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Barcina Barcina Blackhair was one of them. Um the Spotted Cat. Gorgo the Giant, I think. Um there was one that had the coolest name ever. I, I also like the names of some of the uh, the boys that uh, Bar- Sir Barrison was training. One of them is called the Red Lamb because he's a, he's a Lazarine. You know the people that, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and he's actually really good. And uh, Sir Barristan, you know, told him, you know, he's he's talking about him. Said, you know, I love Sir Barristan, man. He's training those boys. He's so cool. Well, and he's such a nice. I'm wondering. If no, he's not a nice man. He is a classic example. He's like of what a, a virtuous man should be. He is capable of great violence. Mm-hmm. It's like the quote from Jordan Peterson: "A kind man who's weak is not kind. He's just weak. Yeah. A kind, a, a man capable of violence who's kind is kind. Yeah. And that's and that's Sir Barristan. He is a truly kind man. I like uh, sometimes Jordan Peterson says great. Things. He's an extremely intelligent man, but sometimes he just says some dog shit. He just gets know, involved you know. in Twitter too much. Yeah, I know, man. Like, man he, just chill. And exactly. Just tell us to clean our rooms, right? Because I mean, honestly, the whole clean your room thing. Whenever I was losing weight, mm-hmm. like um, every morning for two years, two and a half years, I woke up, I made my bed. I fucking well. Did you ever read? Uh, speaking of that, did you ever read Admiral McRaven's book? Mm-hmm. It was called Make Your Bed, hmm. and it was just he was a seal, like a decorated seal who fought. He was a fighting man, fought his way up the ranks. You know, that's not Admiral that's McRaven. not going to West Point. That's fighting your way up the fucking ranks. So, um, he also despises Donald Trump. 
That's cool. Yeah. I mean, he made, and they started attacking him, and then I, and then the, the greatest thing ever is when they started talking shit about him, and I and I looked at him and said, "He's a Navy SEAL who fought his way up the ranks. What are you? You know, it's like I can tell you what you are, not that." So. Um, <laughs> right now in Westeros, where I am, I'm a little over halfway through Dance with Dragons. Yes, it is. Um, I love all the books. Yes. This, uh, you can tell something's going to happen. It might not happen in this book, but you can tell that there's a, something's, something's about to go off. You know what's crazy, though? They're about to get attacked in mm-hmm. Marine. Marine. Um, the fucking threat from the North is looming in Westeros. Right. I haven't heard from Cersei in a while. This is terrifying. Yeah. Just her silence terrifies right, right. me. <laughs> well, you get into her. I mean, it's... I mean, she... the. Uh, Dance with Dragons, like the first half to three quarters of it is catching up to what happened in the previous book. Right. Feast for Crows. So whenever we get to Cersei, I'm just, and Jamie and everything is happening in King's Landing. I'm terrified as to what might happen because the books, the uh, show strayed from the, from the book. Once we got so far, it really did, man. You could really tell when they fell off on the, when they, when they lost subject matter i mean because they didn't even make an attempt and i think george r R. martin being the gardener writer that he is they said what what happens next he's like i don't know i'm not sitting down to write it yet so i don't know what happens isn't it a crazy thing i even consider my own writing about how you don't know what's going to happen you just report what's happening it was supposed to be a trilogy no shit that was supposed to be three books i mean but that's like tad williams tad williams his i mean mary saron thorne should have been five books but he's made that last one into an industrial sized fucking novel that i could chuck across the room and kill a kid with you know fucking to green angel tower you saw it on the shelf it's this fucking big looks like it's two thousand goddamn pages Looks like the bible except for it's printed in like 80 point font right i mean it's just absolutely (laughs) i mean you might want to give those a shot that's good stuff too but anyway i might i'm going to do the gunslinger after i'm done with this that's a good idea because i think i could tear right through and i've got all the dark tower books so you can just Check them in and out as you, do as that. you go. Um, I love. I'm finding brands chapters. Very entertaining. Very entertaining now. But when before I like what they're doing, I already knew a lot of it because mm-hmm. the show kind of did follow. It that did pretty much exactly. <laughs> um, where's Rick on? We're going to hear from Rick on is a, uh, have you not gotten to where, uh, uh, Davos has gone to uh, White Harbor yet? Yes, Davos was in the freaking prison forever, and they just had to hide him. That's very cool. I love the Manderleys. They're so because cool. they're, because they're he, I love the the greatest quote about uh, Wayman Manderley is he's fat, he's not stupid, yeah. and he's like, and you haven't even got to the point where all those fucking assholes are jammed into fucking Winterfell, and it starts to snow. And then they can't go outside because people are turning up with their throat slit. And I then you got have to that yet. oh shit, dude. That's when it starts. When and you also when Stannis is marching with the fucking with the yeah. the West the, the the West Virginian fucking yeah. You know. Right now, Stannis is out recruiting the Northerners, yeah. the Mountain Clan, and they're the best. The fucking I, hillbillies. I fucking love them, man. They they're, should just call them hillbillies. They, that's really what they fucking are. But it, it, um, he's out recruiting them, but. Uh, I don't know what's happening because Davos hasn't gotten back to him right. yet, and I'm guessing Stannis doesn't have a POV chapter. No. Okay. Nothing's from Stannis's point of view. They just need to make, like, give Stannis his own book with 
the point of view of him. You can tell that George R. R. Martin loves him yeah. because he talks so much shit. I mean, you've gotten you've gotten to the points where he just tells fucking uh, Janice Slint to go fuck himself, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just Janice Slint is dead. Well, yeah. I like that. That part too was awesome. Like stretch out your neck, my lord. I want to get you on one with one good swipe. You know, it's like he's crying and blubbering and shitting himself and all that. Yeah, stuff. they they did that justice in the show. They absolutely did. It was good. I that thought it was. I thought I thought a lot of things did justice on the show, and that was one of them. Um, God, I love that book so much. Dance with Dragons. You know what the craziest part about it was when I first read it. It was a departure from the other book, so I didn't know if I liked it. I liked parts of it, but I didn't know if I liked the totality. And the more I read it, I'm like, this is an absolutely brilliant piece of fiction. It's like um, when I first listened to Pearl Jam's No Code when it came out. You didn't know if you liked it. I was like, this is this is weird. This isn't ten. This isn't like what they usually do. Right. And then I just kept listening to it, and I was like, oh. Yeah. And then over ten years, it became my favorite album. Right. I. I, I We'll pick up Dance with Dragons sometimes just read passages from it because I love it. Um, but I do that with all of them. One of the chapters I reread all, all the time, though, is when uh, Jamie is talking to his fat aunt and she's just telling him about the family and tells him about himself to his face mm-hmm. and, like, and just says the greatest line ever. She's like, Cersei is beautiful and all that stuff and you're a great warrior and all that stuff, but Tyrion is Tywin's son. You know? <laughs> because she knew... And also, the you don't fact, have to rely on an aunt to tell you the truth. Well, I mean, and she's also, she's definitely like just Tywin's sister, strong-willed, you know, in a sham of a fucking marriage, probably fucks all her banter, man. She doesn't care. You know, she's just a, an engaging character, you know. Um, but also, you know, one of the characters I really love popped out at me was, um, it was a... Uh, Tyrell. Okay. Mace? No. Uh, The the Garland. Garland. I love Garland. He's the Hobfoot Hobfoot guy? No, that's um, Willis. Yeah. Which one's Garland? Garland is the, he's the bigger, not quite as good looking as Laura's brother. And he really liked Tyrion. Like, Tyrion, somebody said something to Tyrion, try to break him down. He's like, don't listen to that shit. You know, he's, he's that guy. Who's just like fuck all these people and all that stuff? The guy who's brave enough at court to, to really tell people to go fuck themselves is the kind of guy who bullies will steer their way around because you know you're going to have to deal with him, you know. So, and then he stood up for Tyrion at the trial. Mm-hmm. They brought him up first, and he said he didn't do anything wrong. He said he saved this city, you know, and, and he you know was willing to spoke. I, I really like Garland. Um, I just love fuck. I might I can't read him again. I only re- I only read him a few months ago. So read them um, again. I can't. I'm in. Uh, I'm maybe you'll pick. Up I'm into Dune now. That's the thing. Something we oh, got to discuss. Christ. Yeah, we'll start that. I guess. Well, the reason I got back into it. Well, the movie will be coming out by the end of the year. I think maybe yeah. maybe early next year. I mean, I, I can't wait for it. But the reason I picked it back up is because I started watching clips. Well, I started watching some of the online resources, the YouTube resources about it. I started reading about the Sardaukar and and watching things about the Sardaukar again. I love them. I'm fascinated by them. Like, I like the Fremen. They're cool and all this stuff. But there's just something about the Sardaukar. Sardaukar. Which ones are those again? The fucking lunatics with the blood on their fucking heads. And they're like modern day. They're like future Vikings. And they do, they're, they're not the ones that like have wombs. Like, no, that's the people Vicks. That's a ty, Tylaxu. They're disgusting. Like they're the just big fat guy that floats in the movie. Oh, that's Baron Harkonnen. Yeah, the Harkonnens are. They're from Getty Prime. It's 
it's this completely fucking industrialized world where everybody's completely subservient to the whim of the Harkonnens, and it's just polluted so fucking badly. It's black. Like, they just have smog instead of actual air. Mm. I mean, it's just an absolute... And, and they're just... They they get the Tleilaxu to turn people into monsters for their amusement, and they... The guy who played him in the in the 80s version was excellent because he's more along the line of... Harkonnen in the book is mercurial and cruel and he laughs and he does shit to fuck with people and stuff. The one on the new movie is very much more subdued, more menacing, you know, more inexorable. You know, he's just coming at you and there's nothing you can do about it. He's a uh, one of them scars guards, I believe. Yeah, it's the, it's the dad. Um, and he's he's excellent. I love the take on the character. But one of my favorite things in the whole thing that made me want to read the books again, it's just one moment, is um, for one thing, I got to discuss jo- uh, Josh Brolin's character. Uh, love him. Gurney Halleck. Gurney Halleck, he, Josh Brolin is such an amazing actor because he read the book. He knows his character. He did every bit of research he could find because that's Josh Brolin. He's able to. Here's how good Josh Brolin is able to lend legitimacy to a Marvel movie, to an MCU movie, and more than legitimacy, he was he should have won an Oscar after being fucking you know motion captured. He was that good. He was very good. Um, and he made that. What a voice on that guy! I know, man. It's and it's like. I, it's 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 uh, non-regional, like you don't know where it's coming from. It sounds yeah. like it might have a southern draw, but it doesn't. Um, I, and it fit Thanos perfectly. I usually like to see my villains with a British accent, but I'll take that fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. And twice on that's Sunday. a good. It was a yeah. Usually the villains need need a British accent. But, uh, it's like Zod. That's one of the reasons you yeah. remember I, I had a problem with of Michael Shannon. Villains. Um, James Gunn tweeted out. You know the script, mm-hmm. the cut, the cover letter for the script of Superman Legacy. Ah, oh, shit! And said that somebody asked him about notes. Like, are you sending this to the uh, the company for notes? And he's like, there are no notes. Since, it's a Mozart thing, huh? He just sat down and cracked it out. Since we took over, we DC is its own thing from Warner Brothers. We get no notes. Of course, will the people working on it will shoot shit we'll back and it. forth? Yeah, yeah. But what? There will be no executive. He's going to kill it, man. Giving notes. All the hatred he's getting is com- going to be complete. Those people are going to have to eat fucking gallons and pounds of crow because he's going to fucking really, he's going to kill it. He's directing that movie. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 might bring Marvel back from fucking life support. It For looks that good. For a little while. They did fire the head of Marvel. Feige? No, not Feige. The the lady? The the, the lady. The Yeah, she was terrible. The Latinx lady. Yeah, she was not good. Um yeah. Kathleen Kennedy needs to go too. They should. She's they should fire Feige too. I don't know, man. I mean, I think he has. I, I think that he fell for some of the bullshit. Like, is in. Wow, we're going to make a She-Hulk show with nobody who's ever read a She-Hulk comic. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Why would you do that? Um, anywho, they should have fucking Brian Posehn, Patton Oswalt. Um, all the nerds. They would have been the first ones I approached. Patton oh. Oswalt has done punch ups. He knows how to write shit. Bring him in the fucking room. Brian Posehn has been writing Deadpool for like 15 right. years. I mean, these guys are the guys. But of course, you can't cast them or do that because cause reasons. You know, we won't discuss. But those are the people that you want writing this shit. Absolutely. Uh, fucking, um, because uh, they're writers first and foremost, and they know how to, because they seem to want humor and everything. Two very funny guys. Right. Um, who know the stories, and they know how to make stories. 
give it to the nerds. Let the nerds do the thing. Yeah. The Absolutely. having a writer's room filled That's with women. That's what Marvel women, did at first. Yeah, mm. having the writer's room filled with women that never read the source material. I'm not saying a woman can't make work. a good movie. That's that's There's a, plenty of women That's nerds. demonstrably false. But I'm saying that it's like The Eternals. She had made one feature film. She had never proved herself. And it with was one film. Just okay. That movie won Oscars s- and everything. Right, but it... Nomadland, I like this. But you know what? One, Frances McDormand. Yeah. Because she's absolutely she amazing. She's tremendous at Everything she does, she's great. Um, she was the, one of the best parts of Raising Arizona and she was barely in it. Yeah, she's great. Where's that baby? Where's he at? I mean, that whole fucking thing. She was so awful. I mean, just such a terrible, grating character. Anyway, Gurney Halleck is from Getty Prime. Getty Prime. The the Harkonnen homeworld. He was a slave. Remember Prime Star? I do. It was like one of the first. It was a decent technology. But he he fought in the gladiatorial slave pits of Getty Prime. And fought his way out of it. The Harkonnens are his bane. The Harkonnens took his sister, and she died in a Harkonnen pleasure house. Jesus Christ. Basically being fucked to death. Oh, my God. By Harkonnen thugs. Jesus Christ. So his hatred, I thought his fucking performance at first was over the top. When he's talking, he's like, you don't know the Harkonnens. They're brutal. And he's screaming at, at Paul. And then I realized, this guy read his fucking Dune. He knows his shit. He knows his character. And then there's a moment where the Harkonnens are attacking and they're coming, you know, they're bombing shit. And there is this moment where he sees them coming down out of the clouds because they don't really know quite who's attacking yet. And he knows they're Harkonnens. And he looks over his shoulder. He's got this wicked, feral grin on his face. He's like, with me! And he starts running. He is loving it. He gets to go out killing Harkonnens. And it's fucking Awesome. I'm like, I, I can't believe how awesome this guy is. Jason Momoa did a tremendous job as well. He's awesome. One of the, his best moments is when he kills, he's going for the thopter, the the uh, the helicopter thing, and he kills like three Harkonnens, like boom, 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 and then the rest of them are standing, he's like, get back, dogs! Scream, and they just run away. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Duncan Idaho, what a great name, too. <laughs> and, he's, and, he's, and he is exactly, they all... And I know this. I know why this happened. You get Dennis Villeneuve. He is like the epitome of classic nerddom. He loves Dune so much, and he incorporated so many things about Dune lore. Not just the books, the past movies, the fucking the 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 Jadorowski. He had stuff from there in it. And when he did the fucking trailer for um for the first trailer, it's Pink Floyd. In Jodorowsky's Dune, he approached Pink Floyd to score the movie, and they said yes, and they were writing mo- writing music for it. He just gets Did that it. get overruled by the studio or something? No, no, no. They just never made the movie. Uh, Not the David Lynch one. Okay, yeah, yeah. He actually had elements of the David Lynch one in there, too, because they did a lot of things right. They just didn't have the... It's just a David Lynch movie. It wasn't going to quite work. You know, it, it just doesn't fit. You need to have not just weirdness in it. There's going to be weirdness. You don't have to compound the weirdness of Dune, which we all know is weird as fuck. It's very weird. With more weirdness. You don't do that. You just tell it. It's a story. hat on a hat. Just <laughs> yeah, you throw the fucking shit out there. And like the people of X, you don't need to make them any more weird. Holy fuck. They're, mm-hmm. they're as weird and disgusting as you can fucking imagine. So I love it. I'm starting over again. Start on the first book. Really getting back into it. Love it. Um, and, you know, there's so many, I've been on a rewatch thing and a, and a kind of a, but I've been trying to see it with, with a different eye. Mm-hmm. And then Dune was one of the oh, first By the things. way, this, this entire episode is favorite things mostly. So pretty much, um, the next thing was, but, uh, 
I don't know if I should launch into that because you might have something to say about those um, things. About Dune? Yeah. I like the movie. I've never read the books. I don't think I will. I don't think you'd like them. It's a lot of information. There aren't very many charismatic and engaging characters. As I said before, once Paul is gone and he goes away at one point, I'm going to tell you what happened to him. Um, and Was he raped to death in the pillow house? Definitely not. That would never happen to Muadib. But um, once he goes away, um, and then his sister is born, St. Alia of the Knife is what they call her. Um, Great name. Very Game of Thrones name. As a matter of fact, all the houses and all that shit is straight out of Dune. That is taken straight from Dune. So um, she is very grating and like unlikable of a character. I don't care for her at all. Um, Duncan Idaho... Spoiler doesn't he dies in the first movie? We all saw him die. He's dead. But the here's where we get into the weird. Melisandre comes in and <laughs> gives him the fiery kiss. <laughs> yes, yeah, we could combine those and be awesome. Somebody could do it. Dune, Dune of Thrones. Yeah, um, Game of Dunes. <laughs> but um, he gets taken by people of Ix, the Tlaxu, and they bring him back as a gola, and they give him metal eyes. Oh Jesus! It's just as nasty as you think it's going to be. You know. Agola is different because they can make just straight clones. They can clone a person, but they have no morality. So that's 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 one of their selling points. We don't make things of morality. We make things because things need to be made so we can have all these. They have they created their own Quizad's Hatterack. They created two. Um, the Quizad's Hatterack is the ultimate super being. They created one that was just an absolute disgusting, devilish, demonic despot. And then they made one that is like an ethereal angel, and they killed them both because it was just to see what, how they would react. Then they made like the uh, Mentat that the Harkonnens have, Piter. He's a creation of the Tylaxu because the Mentats can't be evil. They are just meant to be. They are meant to do computations. That's all they're meant to do. They are not meant to bring anything else into it. He's completely evil and shitty and like, you know, he's a degenerate. And that's why he's so terrifying. Um, but he dies terribly. Um, Good. The, well, the Duke killed him. He When he bit into that tooth and blew out the, the fucking... The Duke of Earl? <laughs> Duke, Duke. Duke of Earl. Um, Duke, Duke. The other thing I watched is I went back and watched uh, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. That's it, an oldie. It's a Western. You've seen it. Is it a Paschetti Western? No, it's most definitely not. It is old style John Ford. It was John Ford... I, I saw what this was, and I didn't really realize it. Unforgiven is a deconstruction of the sp- spaghetti western, and usually I don't like the deconstruction thing because then you deconstruct Luke Skywalker, you turn him into a better old man who gets beaten by a girl who is half at less than half his age, and then it's garbage. But this is a good deconstruction, as in all the westerns that John Ford made, and he is most responsible for everything we love about westerns. The wide shot. With the tiny He's little response for everything we love about Star Wars. It's, yeah. I mean, well, they asked, I don't know if it was Lucas or Spielberg. It's like, who's the three guys directors of all time? John Ford, John Ford, and John Ford. That was the fucking answer. So I did like like a German, too. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you wouldn't have got shot. You wouldn't have got killed in <laughs> no. that bar. Um, he, this story is about uh, Jimmy Stewart, who plays Rance. Oh, well, you son of a bitch. Ranson Stoddard. Yeah, and he's especially Jimmy Stewart in this. Well, you know, he's just. Uh, well, 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 gosh. <laughs> but he, he was, he's a lawyer coming out to the Old West. Um, Where there are no laws. Exactly. That's part of the, the thing. Then you have uh, John Wayne playing uh, Tom Donovan. 
Tom Donovan is like an ex gunslinger. He's a he's a tough dude, man. He's like the most feared guy. And then you have Liberty Valance played by Lee Marvin, one of the finest performances. Lee Marvin's tremendous. He's great, dude, because he's so menacing. He's got that war. So it's kind of sounds like he's got a mouthful of shit. Sometimes he's in the Dirty Dozen, right? Yeah. Um, it has before I go down into why I love the movie, you know, for academic reasons and other things like that because I just love it. There's it has one of the best scenes in fucking movie history, especially for where's actors. this available to watch? Um, it's on Amazon Prime okay. for free. I'll watch it. Um, it's been a while. I have seen it. My dad used to, I'm sure he loved it because oh. every people who love Harry loves it. My stepdad loves it. I remember seeing it when I was a little kid. I didn't like westerns and I love that movie. So, um, it has one of the best 62 has one of the best scenes in it ever. Uh, Rance is working at the local, you know, hash house where, you know, people get their food and they come from the cantina drunk and they cook food for him. It's by this little Swedish couple. Well, he's waiting on a table. He's bringing John Wayne, Tom Donaldson's food out to him. And Lee Marvin, who had beaten, who had almost beaten Rance to death uh, not long before this, sees him coming by and he trips him. And he not and he all the food goes on the floor and shit like that. And John Wayne gets up and is one of the most John Wayne moments ever. He says, "It's like that's my steak, Valance. Pick it up." Papa, washing dishes. Is We're gonna watch it. Who ever heard? Okay, of I, I'm I'm down. Well, You're gonna love I'm this. Glad to help. Be glad to. God, Dibby Stewart. It's a little bit long. 435. Okay, we got time. Dun, dun, dun. That's the love interest for both Rance and uh, Tom. It's a, the whole thing's a metaphor, and I'll explain it too in a minute. And I formed this opinion independently of reading things on the internet. I'm actually quite, quite proud of myself. I'm the great con. Well, these steaks look done just right for us. That's the marshal. He's Andy Devine. <laughs> you hands ain't no hurry to eat, I. Huh? What are you? <laughs> I guess we could do with another drink. Well, now, that's right neighborly of you, partner. <laughs> Especially after all the lying things I hear folks been saying about liberty violence. And there's not a single lie. He's just a disgusting human being. Oh, wait a minute. One of Mama's pies for Tom. <laughs> By the way, liberty violence's cronies are two of the most disgusting fucking dudes ever. That guy's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Looking at the new waitress. <laughs> Just that fucking fawning laugh, you know, and he's just disgusting. Here we go. That's my steak, Balance. <laughs> You heard him, dude. Pick it up. No, Pilgrim, hold it. I said you, Valance. You pick it up. <laughs> it's Three the best. One, Donovan. 
My boy Pompey. The kitchen door. <laughs> it's awesome. I'll get it, Liberty. Kicks him right in the face. <laughs> I said you, Liberty. You pick it up. What's the matter? Everybody in this country killed crazy? Here! <laughs> You get yourself a fresh steak on me. Fucking cowardly bully motherfucker. Show's over for now. Watch this. Try it, Liberty. Just try it. God, it's awesome. Oh, look at the doubt in his face. Yeah, absolutely. He knows Tom is fucking is is Tom's legit, dude. Okay, that's, that's some fucking good acting. That's dude. I'm so not a big John Wayne. It's so fan. different than what we see now, right? I'm not a big John Wayne fan. I mean, I like him fine, but I like him most for that movie and the uh, what the Man Who Shot Liberty Valance is about. Really, is it's um, it's a metaphor. Rance. Rance's daughter represents, and I've said this on the show probably 10 times, but I don't care. It bears repeating just because we've never done that before. We've never actually played the clip. Rance's daughter plays is, is, is a metaphor for law and order coming to the West, right? It has no power. It's weak. It's ineffectual. Tom Donovan represents, well, we'll start with Liberty Valance. Liberty Valance represents the lawlessness, the evil of the West when uh, strong men who are evil bully weak men. Right, or it's just society in general. Tom Donovan represents the good men who have guns, who are you know strong and 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 fight that back. Hattie represents just women when it comes to these two types of men, because at the end she goes with Tom has loved her all you know the whole time. She falls in love with Rance. And Rance is Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. And what happens is um, Liberty is going to kill Ransom. Rance started, so he agrees to get a gun, and he's going to. And he knows he's going to die, and he goes in the street. Well, uh, John Wayne shoots Liberty Valance from the shadows because he's just like this guy's. It's it's time. I'm not going to let him kill this good man, who even though I don't agree with, he's taking my girl. I still can't allow that to happen. So he just shoots him and kills him and gets it over with. But he allows people to think that Jimmy Stewart killed him, and he didn't. Even Hattie thinks that Jimmy Stewart killed him. So she falls in love with him even more because he's a civilizing influence. Basically, he's what women think they want in the civilized world. But at the end, when she's been with him, he becomes a senator. They've gotten old together and all this stuff. and They don't appear to be unhappy. But Tom has died. That's how the movie begins, is they're coming back for Tom's funeral. Jimmy, John Wayne hmm. and uh, Andy Devine. She gets in the in the carriage because he uh, Jimmy Stewart's going to go talk to these newspaper guys and give them stories. He's a he's a true politician. He's kind of annoying in the beginning, actually. You know, wow, you know, it's just <laughs> ugh. Um, and I think it gets on Hattie's nerves too. And I think that's part of the point. They want to show that's like you want a man, man. Well, it's just 
it's more than that. You know, yes, but it's, you know, but why, anyway. Why do you think Jason Momoa is like the most popular dude? Well, because he's so masculine. Yeah. Right. Josh Rowland, though, too. I yeah. Mean, because he's that old time guy, you know. But anyway, um, Hattie at the end, she, he takes uh, the marshal, who's that big fat guy who ran out of the room. He's old, too, and takes her out to Tom's old house, which had burned. Because he got drunk and came in and threw a fucking lantern in this room he was building for Hattie to move into. And he just became kind of a drunk after that. I mean, not really a drunk, but he didn't even carry a gun anymore. He had just been emasculated by the fact that his girl he loved had got taken from him. In a sense, it's how all men, all the men from the Savage Times feel having the women taken from him by these civilized men who speak really pretty and believe in law and order and shit and don't really understand that the world is a savage, ugly place. And the woman thinks that she wants him, but then at the end, um, Tom was always bringing Hattie cactus roses because they're just so pretty. She thought she wanted real roses instead, but at the end, Tom's casket is laying there. They're all sitting there looking. There's a cactus rose sitting on top of it. Jimmy Stewart and Hattie are sitting in the train getting ready to leave. She's like, Hattie, um, who put the cactus rose on Tom's casket? And she said, I did. And then it's just that moment where they're hanging there and he's just like, she really at the end, maybe probably wanted Tom. She wanted that old time where, and they all did, but it's also a metaphor for the old West because now the train had come through the, the railroad, the world had become a different place. It had, it had been tamed and it had other th- good things, but you missed the savagery some because you felt more alive. It's kind of like a metaphor for now. It's kind of exactly. It's, it, that's why that movie is so important to, the, to this day because it's a perfect metaphor for the time we're living in only e- even more so. And you, dude, you'll love it. I mean, it's got funny parts. Andy Devine being the fucking, you know, cowardly. He he played lots of voices in Disney. You'll be able to pick his voice out. Um, playing that cowardly marshal who won't arrest anybody because he just got elected. And he's not really a that kind of guy. You know, Barney Fife type. Essentially, yes. Only not with it with without even in a sense trying to act like he's tough. Like they, they just know he's a pusher, loafer, good for nothing kind. He's not good for them. He's a good man. But uh, yeah, you'll love that movie, man. You got to give it a shot. So, hmm. Um, have you heard about the bird? Any of these new AI songs that are coming out? No, man. I I think it would depress me. Well, somebody last week um, just used AI to have Kanye West doing all kinds of songs. Listen to how weird this is. Hey there, Delilah, what's it like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, but girl, tonight you look so pretty. Yes, you do. It sounds exactly like him singing. Times Square can't shine as bright as you. It, I swear it's Because there's so much audio of Kanye talking and singing right. and stuff. It just sounds, it's perfect. It's, it's disturbing, man. I really. But earlier this week, I think somebody put out... <clears throat> An AI song with fucking who was it? Um, with the weekend and somebody else, and people loved it. Mm-hmm. But do you see where I, the where record I, where I don't company, like those things? The record company is shutting it down. Like you did this without permission, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But that what we're seeing. 
what we're going to see is the artists, the music, musicians, comedians, writers of movies and TV are John Henry. Yeah, absolutely. And the AI is the steam drill. Yep. I don't think that the AI can make perfectly fine musical, like musically, like it'll be solid. It'll be good. It's going to lack inspiration. It's going to, you're not going to be able to write, uh, there's a, a line in a Phoebe Bridger song. Um, it says, um, um, it hits me like a freight train, like a steamroller. Makes me want to lay down and get run over. You're not going to be able to write that with a computer. Right. That has to come from a fucking sad 19-year-old's brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, it's kind of nonsensical. Yeah. And a, and a computer can't think without logic. Yeah. So. It's not going to be able, like, musically, it'll be fine. Or the It'll be rock solid, but there, there's just not going to be any heart behind it. Well, there's going to be a whole new group of people who only only thing they do is feed parameters into an AI, and they become consider themselves artists, and they're going to try to make the case that I'm just using the new technology. Go fuck yourself. You are feeding parameters into a computer. You are not a fucking artist. I don't think there's anything wrong with using the new technology, but um, you need to... Like having, like, I mean, they've been doing it forever, um, making beats and stuff with computers. Like, no real people are playing any instruments on it. But whenever you fucking sing on the track, it needs to come from your guts or nobody's going to like it. Right. Um, well, it's, it's like, just, see, somebody's going to try to draw the parallel with sampling. Yeah. That's different. That's taking something and, and looping into something and really creating something that's going to be pleasing, not. Because you're in, intimately involved in the process. You're not parameters and then give me that. And that's what I want it to be. That's, and now I've got, I've got a hit song. Right. It's just not going to work until it, un, until the AI, you know, the AI has never had a girlfriend that dumped him. Well, so, until, you know. we're, until we're the people of X, you know, yeah. it's, you know, which could really happen. I just don't. It's a perfectly fine thing to to play with and fuck around with. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, but it's, you're not going to go see the AI live in a bar. No, it's just it, not, no, it's the entertainment. And a lot of the people who are thinkers and people who some, some people don't respect Elon Musk being one of those, he's really gotten a lot of terror and ha- hatred. Um, and some of it richly deserved. Um, he, Stephen Hawking, all these guys said, AI is something we should abandon right now. And it's, you know, before it really gets out of hand and it's starting to get out of hand. And I don't even think they were, I think they were talking about, remember when I sent you that message about how it's a slow decline and a mm-hmm. crumbling, it's not going to be nuclear bombs. It's just going to be the computers robbing us of what it is to be human. And then our civilization will collapse under the weight of our own fucking laziness and indifference. That's what it's going to be. And that's what I, that's, and we need, there are so many things like, you know, you, you talk about uh, the collapse of Rome, and I said it a hundred times, and the thing that beat them was not the, the Visigoths eventually and all that stuff and all the internal problems. It was, uh, it was, uh, I say, I've said it so many times, I kind of blanked there. The, prosperity. Yeah, give a man. It's prosperity. Yeah. You know. If you want to know, uh, like, how strong a man is, don't give don't him give prosperity. Him. Give him trials no i th- I think it could it should be reversed if you want to know what, what a man is 
don't give him trials because he'll rise to those because that's human nature. Give him prosperity and see what he'll do with it. Yeah. Because that's also what reveals character and, and, and things like that. We have a whole generation, the OnlyFans thing and all this stuff, of young women and men, but more predominantly women, who are selling their souls for money. They are destroying their families. I sat there and listened to this porn star try to justify her being a porn star by keep, keeping saying the same thing over and over. Well, my kid will have new cars and shit like that. Is that worth I don't think it your is. kid knowing that you fucked on camera and knowing that eventually he's going to – and you know he's going to look at it because it's too much of a temptation Because his buddies are going to show him. Exactly. And that's going to destroy those kids' lives. Well, I'll just homeschool them. That's evading the issue. And they don't un- seem to understand these things. We are raising – well, not my kid. I mean, that's another favorite thing is Annie. We went to go see Annie play, and she's great, of course. And she does. I mean, she's the best kid and plays her music and love. And it also, a, she was born at a pretty good time to avoid. Right. But she also had, in my opinion, good parents. Me and her mother instilled in her it's these debatable. things. Well, <laughs> no, but I, I think I gave her, and she took it to heart, the best piece of uh, wisdom I could impart. And the only piece of wisdom I could impart at that time, by the way, too, I, I had to get some wisdom is there is no more important resource in the world but time and not a dollar of not a not any amount of money has ever bought one second of time now other people have said it but i wanted her to understand that and she understood it and she lives by that she does she does everything she's supposed to she does it on time she does it you know to the best of her ability and it's really taking her far and we all could not be more proud of her so i've never met her and i'm proud of her I mean, you'll meet her eventually. She's, she'll come in the summer, and, you know, she, you know. Maybe I'll take her throwing Frisbees. She probably would like that. Also. She loves West Virginia. It's her favorite if, place. If, uh, here's how. Um, if she got good at throwing Frisbees within, like, two years, she could be a touring professional right. Frisbee thrower. And he's got <laughs> Especially enough, for women. She's like, got enough athleticism and grit and just strength. I mean, she's. We always joke that, you know, she's built like daddy, and she kind of is. I mean, she's not nearly as big as I am, but she's she's definitely muscular. So it's like, you know, and, but we always, uh, another joke is that we neither one of us can run very well. And she felt bad about that because she wanted to be fast. I was like, honey, there are some people, imagine a bear is attacking. They get to run because they're fast enough to run. We're built big and strong enough to turn and fight. Not that we're going to beat a bear. You know, that's. It'll know it was in a fight. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, more than a regular person, you know, a person who could run away. So, you know, um, the uh, the AI stuff, like they're starting. It's been happening. Like everything's filmed in front of a green screen. Mm-hmm. But what was the biggest movie last year? Top Gun. Yeah, a movie made the old way. Movie made the old way. Mm-hmm. Um, movies like that. Um, before the year before that, the Batman. It was mostly filmed on sets. Do you think that's going to turn the tide though? Because economics factors into that. Yeah, Those yeah. movies were cheap, were expensive to make. So are these freaking AI? Not nearly as fucking expensive as the other ones. I mean, sets, time, you know, all this stuff. The one, see, the reason Disney has been cranking bullshit out is because they know it's cheap and they know they, they, they can put that out and make their money back. And also they can shame people. They're starting ones. not to make their, make their money back, though. Well, they'll tweak it. 
They're not making their money back on Ant Man. They didn't make it back on um, the Marvels. I think is last almost one. being abandoned. Like I don't think they're pretty really much shit. And that should have been out a year and a half ago. Right. Well, and then they're uh, scrapping um, the Catherine Hahn show. The uh, you know they're getting rid of that. In, in my in my opinion, um, they should just shut down and retool. These movies need to make over a billion dollars in order to break even. And I don't think I don't think they take a billion dollars to make with all the marketing. Okay, and everything. F- okay, you're right. Fair enough. That is a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, they need to make a billion dollars to to break even. And the last three that have come out haven't come close. Guardians will. Guardians of the Galaxy Guardians gonna. Will I think great. it's gonna be a runaway smash, and everybody's gonna love it. And then that's it. He's at DC now. Right. We're sorry about your luck. Exactly. Chris Pratt's Batman now. Sorry. He might be. You never know. Mm. He he sticks with his um, actors. No, he's not Batman. He can't be it. I'm I don't, sorry. I don't like. I like him. I don't like him as Batman. No, I mean he doesn't have the proper gravitas. He's no. just you know. Uh, I'm trying to think of actors from Marvel that could. Um, Josh Brolin would be a perfect Dark Knight Returns Batman. Absolutely perfect. Other than the fact that he's short. You need a big guy. Put him on stilts. Fuck it. Um. No. Just find somebody big. Find somebody big that carries that. Too. Fucking let Affleck do it, man. I like his. Version. I like him fine, but I like his version. But again, I don't. There's just something I don't. I can't even put my finger on it that I don't care for him as a Dark Knight Returns Batman. But they are. I don't care what anybody says. I, I'm I'm mapping this out in my mind. They are going to make the Dark Knight Returns. That's going to be. It's too much, too good not to make it. And he's too smart, right? James Gunn is too smart, and he can factor all that in. Kingdom Come and Dark Knight Returns can coincide, and they actually can tie into each other because the stories mesh. You have a Superman that. Um, becomes a pawn of the government and eventually turns his back on mankind. They'd have to tweak it some, you know, but they fit together. And then you could have, I'm excited, man, to see a live action version of Kingdom Come starring, don't care what anybody says, Henry Cavill, he will be Superman eventually again. I think he will be. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think James Gunn is running game on people and he's, he's going to be like, uh, by the way, here's we here's who we got for older Superman. Bang. And he's all over a picture. Every ah! They're going to lose their fucking minds. He doesn't tell anybody who it's going to be until the trailer drops. Right. Six months or so before. Have you, have you read kingdom come? Um, I only know what you've said about it. Uh, Shazam's involved. Um, we have a good time. Superman's cool. Batman's older and his body's broken, held together. He's in a fucking mech suit. Yeah. Um, if you have it, I'll read it. Um, I don't actually, I should just go ahead and order a copy. I mean, I can get a, a trade paperback coffee for copy for a little bit of nothing. And I'd like to get a copy before, man. The fun in the Last of Us game is impossible. Like the the Last of Us remastered, oh, for PS Five. Yeah, because I I can't find my copy. I can't believe I can't remember your copy. I can't remember if I lent it out to somebody or something like that. Uh, whenever I was down there watching the Last of Us, it was in a box on a chair in your upstairs living room. I'll look again. I think so. I'll look at again. least the. The box for it was right. in that box. I'll really look and see if I can find it because Amanda wanted to play it. She- Speak, speaking of, uh, earlier we talked about Top Gun, biggest movie in the world, mm-hmm. shot the old way, biggest show, Yellowstone. Yeah. And I've watched it. It's not bad. It is such a dad show. Yeah. But it's very good. Yeah. It's very good. Um, it's got tits. It's got violence. It's got fucking get off it's my It's got land. Cole Hauser. 
Cole Hauser's great. Beating the shit out of people. He's great. He really is, dude. Like, I, I'm like that guy looks familiar. Then I looked him but up, I, like, oh my God. But I ne- but he doesn't sound like Cole Hauser. No, he sounds Cole like Cole Hauser fucking- had a definite way he sounded, you know? Yeah. Um, it's got uh, fucking Costner. Costner. Costner's rules. getting ready to quit, though, from what I understand. I'm not sure what's going on with that. He's I watched having- all four seasons that were available. Have you seen the other ones? The 1923? I started and, uh, 1883. Which I hear is pretty damn I good. I liked it, but I just I didn't keep watching it because mm. disc golf didn't quite grab back. And, but I will I will keep watching it. Mm-hmm. I just haven't picked back up on it yet. Tim McGraw's a very good actor. Oh, yeah. Faith Hill's very good. Of course. Just in the one episode I saw, they were very good. Mm. Um, I haven't Harrison watched the Ford 1923 one yet. That's going to be, I'm sure that's good. Sure. Harrison Ford's making his play. He's coming back out. He was out of shit for a while. Now he's Red Hulk. He's fucking, he's Indiana Jones again. This is where me and the critical drinker are really disagreeing. I cannot wait for Indiana Jones 5. I think it's going to be a fucking amazing movie. Because Mangold's directing it. He gets it. He obviously understands how to make a good movie. He doesn't care to piss people off. Mangold, he did. Logan. Logan. Yeah. So, and there's no part of Logan that did not work. Yeah, I liked every bit of it. I mean, and there was, and the Wolverine was good too. That's an excellent fucking movie. It had moments that were when you're making a comic book movie, there are going to be things and, you know, there are there are MacGuffins in it, you know, but it's more inhabiting the character, finding what works. And he really got the essence of the character and that part of the character's arc. You know, Logan was in Japan at one point and he was fighting samurai and ninjas and all that shit's fucking cool shit. Who wouldn't like to see Wolverine fight ninjas? Fuck. You know, it's like, have you not watched it yet? No. Dude, you need to watch that fucking movie. Do you think, uh, you know, the, the boys on at Yellowstone that live in the bunkhouse, mm-hmm. does that seem like an attractive lifestyle to you? Definitely. Almost like being on the wall. Definitely. Like in um, Thrones. That actually, seems like an attractive, like you're with your boys all the time. Well, I'm getting ready to live that lifestyle. Um, we're almost got the house ready for Airbnb. So I have... Rented a tiny apartment in Golly Bridge. One room. Um, got a bathroom and a kitchen, you know, but then the kitchen is just an offshoot of the living room. You know, it's just one big living room essentially. Um we got a I got a futon moved in there, like a but, but a good one, a, a like a five hundred dollar Serta, you know, quality fucking bed. Um I'm taking all my stuff. Um, and I'm training, like I'm getting the, the weights together. I've really been fucking going yesterday. I threw so many punches. I thought I was going to die. I mean, I was hitting, I hit the fucking heavy bag for the jabs. Cause it, it feels better to do that. And then for the hooks, I was hitting the fucking Bob and I hit the Bob so fucking hard. It has 200 pounds of sand in it. I'm hitting it so hard. It's turning bang. And it just, you know, and I have to get back in front of it and turn it and, you know, hit it again. It's, I love it. I mean, it's just absolutely. And when I when that's my life, and I have to get up in the morning to take a walk, or you know, walk up to the gym. It's in Golly. I might as well just walk up to the gym, mm-hmm. you know, and start burning those calories off and replacing them with calories and building muscle and being becoming a better fighter. I've gave I've given up benching completely altogether. I've not benched in a couple of weeks, and I, as far as I'm concerned, I'm never going to do it again. There's no point. I'm doing push ups, dips, pull ups, all the good stuff. You're doing so, some real Rocky three or Rocky four shit. Absolutely. I feel I can get in my best shape ever. Not necessarily strength. I don't know if I'm ever going to capture the strength I had when I worked on the railroad. I was just unreal fucking strong. Like any man that can pick up a fucking railroad tie and, you know, put it on his shoulders and fucking, 
and then pick up 200 pound kegs of nails all day, you know, and put them on the backs of trucks. That's, those are feats of strength. I could not do it right now. I mean, it just the idea of it, it makes me hurt. You don't need to do it right now. Right. <laughs> There's no reason to do that. Well, I've done that. You know, yeah. I can tell that story. What I haven't done is, haven't done yet is, uh, become a fast, strong, good warrior for my family. So that's what the whole rule, and to feel better about myself. And that's what the whole fucking journey is about. So, yeah, I think the, like the wall or the bunkhouse would be a very, even though like you're not alone ever. Right. It clarifies. It seems like it'd be all right. Mm-hmm. You're not alone, but you are like you have, yeah. you have companionship, but only when you want it, you know, nobody's going to call you out if you don't talk like he's over there reading. Cause that's what he likes to do. Or he's out lifting weights. Cause that's what he likes to do. Guys have a way of staying out of each other's way. They really do. So, <laughs> you know, I, I've noticed in the blue collar job, you know, there's going to be a clash sometimes. They usually make up in that guy way. Like this one guy kind of got shitty with me the other day. And I just kind of looked at him and I like walked away. At the end, he patted my arm as he's walked out. I was like, yeah, we're cool. You know, <laughs> it, it, that's, and that's all it was. It's done. And, and I was fine with it. You know what I mean? I wasn't necessarily mad at him, but I was kind of miffed. I was like, well, you don't have to be a dick to me. You know, I didn't do anything. But he was cool. So. Uh, what else? Hmm. I'm trying to think of other. Other things that were cool. Got a big tournament tomorrow. Nice. Where's Huntington. it at? Huntington? Yeah. It's going to rain. Uh, it'd be all right. Have you played in the rain? Yeah. Play in the rain a lot. Like downpour? Yeah. Really? Last Sunday I played in the rain. Won't that affect? Downpour. It's not great. Yeah. It affects almost It makes conditions shit. <laughs> it, makes every, it makes everything worse. You're right. Um, I played in the snow. Snow's better than rain. I bet. Um, well, snow is just better than rain. To- plus, you're in the woods, right? Going up and down hills, not perfect, but right. We do what we do. Um, it's a two day tournament, so we got to go back up Sunday for one round. Hopefully, I do well. Me and JMO are riding up. Um, I think next weekend there's a tournament in Fayetteville on a uh, New Roots farm is a farm up there. There's like a temporary course. I don't know if I'm going to play. Have they finished that one around the old high school? They weren't, they were going to put one in there, weren't they? There's one at the pre-K to eight. Well, that's the old high school. Okay. Yeah. There's a nine holer there. Really? Yeah. It must be an easy one. No, no, no. I didn't think the land was. I didn't think they had enough land to make a very. Big it goes course. through the woods that are behind the school. Ah, gotcha. So there's there's some easier holes, but there's there's some that you're just like, why would you why would you do it like this? <laughs> right. There's like a tunnel, like a 260 foot tunnel shot, which would be a great hole, and like the the gap is maybe that wide to get all the way up there. It'd be a great hole if you just put the basket right at the end of that tunnel. Yeah. But they put it outside the woods, about another hundred feet, and you're like. This is this That's is just a, a dick move. This is an insane par three. Yeah, right. It's a par three. It needs to be a par four. Right. For me, it needs to be a par six. <laughs> just to get all the way up there. Um, but it, it, I enjoyed playing it the few times I've played it. There's some people that have went in there and cut some trees down to make it a little easier, I think. Um, Aaron almost got attacked by hornets there last summer. Hornets. Hornets. <laughs> um, and there's another one going in up in Oak Hill called Needle's Eye. I haven't been up there to see it yet. It's not completed. Oak Hill's really trying to get on them coattails, aren't they? They're trying to ride in on, on Fayetteville. Well, it's, I mean, they're basically one town now. Well, that's cool. Since the interstate went in however many hundred years ago that was. Right. 
They're basically just one town. I like, I mean, no, that's not true. I don't like Oak Hill. I never have. It's fine. They have a little Caesars. Their football field's beautiful. I haven't seen it. Never been to a game there? Not since I was in school. I mean, it's a triple A, you know, it's a good triple A field. We played them every year. That was the only triple A school I think we ever played. Did you beat them? Uh, I think we beat them two out of the three years I played. They were never, I mean, I'm not saying anything about your team, but they were never really that good. We beat them in junior high. I remember I, my first game. And they middle, were Collins. Yeah, yeah, I was middle linebacker. Um, yeah. Shit. Yeah, I was an offensive lineman, but on defense, they were like, you'd be good at middle linebacker. And I, I blitzed every play. It was middle X. I was middle linebacker. We were in a 5-3 back then. Right. And I would just get behind the um, nose guard. Nose guard, and I'd, I'd slap his ass which side I wanted him to go, and, and I would go shift. to the other side. And, I, I played nose guard. I liked it. And um, I got my first sack against Collins. I think it was either Monty or Leland Wright that I sacked. And then the one play that I didn't blitz, I dropped back in just a hook zone, and they and the quarterback just happened to throw it right to me, and I got an interception. For a touchdown? Pick six? No. No. <laughs> no. My fucking five nine forty. whenever I was 14 years old. <laughs> yeah. I got fucking um, – slung down i caught it and i just started running i ran the right way which is a good start right and trying to avoid the tacklers and i get to the sideline and somebody catches me from behind and just does the sling the 20 mile sling is what i that's how i used to tackle people a lot because i would be getting double teamed on the defensive line and i would just reach out and grab somebody right (laughs) and i had pretty good grip and plus the gloves Mm -hmm. and uh then i would just hold them until everybody else could get a (laughs) To get a hold of them, that was a majority of my tackles. I probably didn't get credit for one, <laughs> but I was long arms helped a lot. Um, anything else? There's a guy I played at Galway, Butch Farrell, who was I like Butch Farrell. Yeah, I always did like Butch, but he his arms were so long that he would just he he just hover. He's a linebacker, and he'd hover over the fucking center, and they'd hike the ball. He'd reach out and grab the quarterback. <laughs> it was crazy. He was dude. He could have played in college. I mean, he had, he had the gift. I mean, he was fast, strong. You know, he's just—he's one of those guys. I'm trying to think of anything else that I might want to talk about. We've covered AI music. We're John Henry. They're the steam drill. Uh, that was a great analogy. It was I'm a fucking genius. <laughs> um, Cleopatra, Queen of Denial. I think that's about it. I think I'm done. I got to go to sleep early. I still got to make something to eat, for fuck's sake. Anything else you want to talk about? No. I'm, Might do one another one tomorrow evening after we get back from the tournament. I'm down. I'll let you know as we're on our way. Thanks for listening. And go fuck yourselves. <laughs>